Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios. You're tuning in to episode number 71, if you've been keeping track. I've lost track once or twice, but thanks for being with us tonight. We've got a great show for you. Uh, before we get started, we just have a couple of uh, uh, quick announcements, if you will, uh, a couple of words about some of our friends. I'd like to uh, let you know that you should go and check out Double Take. Double Take, they're a fantastic band. They they perform a lot of uh, awesome cover music from you know, 50s, 60s, all the way till today. Uh, their next gig is, uh, well, the last one was the 13th, so if you missed it, so sorry for you, but... Uh, Saturday, August 10th, they'll be playing at the El Sombrero Restaurant and Lounge in Elmhurst. Uh, they'll also be well. That, that, you get them, get to them, uh, get to them in August, because otherwise you got to wait till September 20th uh, in in Schaumburg. So, oh, I'm sorry, in Carroll Stream. Anyway, so that is Saturday, August 10th at 9 p.m. Check them out. Double Take Band Chicago. Uh, no, sorry, doubletakechicago.com. So if you want to get their uh, their information, mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, we also, if you were there, you know, if you're from the area here, we're in uh, McHenry County. And uh, if you got a chance to come out to McHenry to see the Fiesta Day parades, you might have seen us out there today <laughs> <laughs> as we were in the parade for an organization called Sidekicks Mentoring. Uh, it's a youth mentoring program, no cost, volunteer program designed to offer structure and support for maintaining a healthy, sober lifestyle. We were the ones with the yellow shirts and $150 worth of candy. Yeah, it went pretty fast. That we, that hope we, you, launched, we hope launched you enjoyed the, the Tootsie Pops. <laughs> <laughs> so check us out. Uh, you can check out our website at sidekicksmentoring.org uh, you know, for all the information about, about that program. So check it out. Uh, what, let's see, what else are we talking about here tonight? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, how can I forget to mention our, our very own website, recoveryinternetradio.com. Uh, <laughs> we've got some new links. Uh, there's a link section, as, as most websites will have. I'm not surprised at anybody here, but we've got some new links in there. So check out uh, one of our newer partners, uh, Drug Dangers, with drugdangers.com. I think that they've got some good information. Uh, it's a good resource if you're curious or have questions about uh, uh, anything that might be going on, it's a, it's a good place to look for some information there. So, uh, Oh, one more thing. Uh, if you haven't or you didn't already know this, Mr. Rick Atwater has been writing an article in the local paper here. It's in the Northwest Herald. If you're from the area, you probably know about it. Uh, it's called Straight Talk. So he is in there, I believe, every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday in the sidetrack section. For longer than we would like to mention. Maybe before I was born. No, it was probably after I was born. Maybe that's why he started writing it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) In any case, check it out. Uh, It's in there every Sunday. Or you can go to northwestherald.com and uh, you can find it in their archives. They keep the last maybe 5, 10 articles, something like that. So. So if you don't like to listen and you'd rather read, then you can just do it that way. I'm going to pass the mic over to our host, Mr. Rick Atwater. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I got a, a couple of things. First of all, let's see. I, got, I want to try to get this right. Um, I want to mention our new Twitter friend, PGA golfer Pat Perez. So, you know, if... If you follow Pat, I guess what does that mean? Then if he follows, if they follow Pat, then I'll show up. 
Yeah, you'll show up in uh, his friends section, so oh. then they'll be able to look for you guys. Then. Okay, so oh. look yeah. look for us if you follow Pat, who's uh, a very he's an interesting guy and a very good golfer. Yes, if you follow is. Pat, yes, you is. can find uh, you can find us, and our Twitter handle is at Rick Atwater. Certainly right? is. So, and that's a, by the way, you can you can uh, tweet into the show live at Rick Atwater, and. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you if you choose to do that. Yeah, you please sh- feel you free. show up on our board. I check I check the entire show. Just just tweet me. I'll answer you. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. we will. We promise. Absolutely. And you can also call in at three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven. That's our calling number. We welcome calls. And um, the one last thing I want to say is there was a PBS series called The Magnificent Obsession, and it ran. It may still be they may still be running older shows, but it used to run at like six o'clock on Sunday morning. And as you might guess, the magnificent obsession had to do with alcoholism and drug addiction. And um the guy who ran it was his name was Jim Nader. Jim uh passed away recently, but um I just wanted to say our show has just inadvertently, I mean, mm-hmm. Jim is, was sort of a hero, and I, I listened to the show a few times, but that since that show is no longer recording, as far as I know, this show is very similar to that. If anybody out there is from PBS is listening, talk to us, because we'd love to continue the legacy that Jim started. And P- and, NPR. Uh, NPR. Yeah, National Public, Public Radio. Radio. Yeah. It was on National Public Radio, mm-hmm. so... Just want to throw that in because that was that was a very meaningful thing for a lot of people, and it was for me. And we'd like to continue the legacy. Yeah, it was a good program. It was a good program. Yeah. Absolutely. And they timed it just right so that they could get the drunks coming home from the bar. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> Driving. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, uh, those of you out there who are listening, I'm sure understand that little thing. But anyway, thanks for joining us tonight. Where we are every Sunday night at eight o'clock. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Chris and. Uh, hey. Um, we hope you uh, you call us for uh, for uh, questions if you have them. And so um, uh, our tag tonight is the mirror does lie, uh, and our guest is Sue. And uh, I think uh, maybe we would uh, like to get ready to roll. I guess so. Yeah, get to it here. Let's go. Want, want another screen before we start, I'm or should here. we just go? Oh, I got okay. All right. So, um, so the first, you know, we've you've, we've talked a little bit about some of the questions I wanted to ask you beforehand, but um, let's talk about the distortion thing first, just okay. to sort of get that out of the way. So, um, when did you first notice that that there was that you? When did you first know that well, you had a distorted view? I never knew that the mirror was a distortion, really. Oh, uh, okay. It was, um, it was the camera, and it confused me looking in the mirror and then looking at pictures. And I really didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was the mirror. I mm. didn't know if it was the camera. I just knew that what I saw didn't look like what I knew in my mind, what I knew I looked like. So what was the so like when you were looking at pictures of yourself when I, at the like yeah. at the time at the time let's say when I was um, say eighteen okay that's when really my when I was eighteen and I went to college that's when my real problem started mm-hmm. because before that I uh, 
for whatever reason, had a really fast metabolism and was thin, and mm-hmm. I ate all the time, and uh, I didn't gain weight. And so when I went to college, I don't know what happened, but regular stuff happened. I, but God forbid I gained like 10 pounds, and it seemed like, you know, 80. So and when you looked at a picture of yourself, yes. it, you looked much heavier than... Yeah, I was horrified. I was horrified. Yeah. I would look I would sometimes look in the mirror and, and be a little, you know, disgusted, but when I saw it in a picture, it looked so much worse than the mirror and the mirror I'm sure looked to me worse than I actually was. Yeah. Because now I see pictures from back then, I'm like, Oh, I looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> How can that be? I don't get it. Did you did you like have a, a, a did you know that it was a distortion, or did you just really think that you were I did not becoming, you know, really overweight? No, I thought, um, no. I Well, here's the problem. I would see me in the picture, and yeah. I would think I looked awful, like terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and so I think there was something, I literally think there was something wrong with the camera. But then I'd see, like, my roommate next to me, and she looked exactly the way that... She looked. So I knew there was a problem, but I'm like, why is it only messing with me? What's the common denominator here? Yeah. I was like, that can't be me, but she looks normal. I I didn't want to believe it, but it's like I saw myself as looking terrible, but more terrible in the picture than I really thought I looked. If yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I didn't feel good about myself, but that really, like, hit the nail on the head if you see yourself in a picture. It's like, oh, my God, really bad, worse than I thought. So did you, like, did you have the, um, the that image or that, 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 you know, not feeling good about yourself going in? Or oh, did you? Yeah, way young. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, way. So that was that was a that... that was way back. I just didn't have the weight thing as much. Okay. Going back, I had. The so talk a little bit about that and maybe where that came from for you. Um. Well, let's see. So there was probably nothing um, huge except for that I was very shy and I was really afraid of everything when I was mm. little. Yeah. We moved. We happened to move. I mean, I remember being real happy as a little kid. We happened to move when I was in first grade mm-hmm. from New York to Illinois, and so I had to make new friends, and I found out I wasn't good at it. <laughs> and um, and if you're not good at it and you're not and you're afraid, then people think there's something. I'm pretty sure kids thought there was something wrong with me because I was so quiet. So that creates its own. Sometimes they think cycle. kids are. That sometimes quiet kids get labeled. You know, stuck up. Or, it could be stuck up, or it could be. Um, I didn't really talk much. It was like I was afraid. Just put it this way: I was afraid of everything. Yeah. Okay. I was, you know, you go around the just silly things. You go around the room and read out of the book. I would spend the whole time trying to. Where am I going to have to read? I got to make sure I practice before it comes to me. Mm-hmm. You know and. Terrible yeah. uh, fear and stress and anxiety. Yeah. So self-conscious. That, self-conscious. Yeah. Um, that created like a separateness for mm-hmm. myself, and but then I was always also the teacher's pet because I could um, excel sort of in that way one-on-one mm-hmm. with someone of a different age than my yeah. own peer group. Um, so and I found money all the time. Um, on the ground. Wait. 
<laughs> I like the I like the change of gears. Yeah, there, let's, yeah. Go, let's go down that path for a while. Yeah. yeah. So I would find here's the thing though I find money. Yeah. I would spend my playground time looking for money on the ground, taking it to the office to get like pats on the back for being so honest, <laughs> turning in the money. Uh, um, yeah. Meanwhile, when I got older, I had no problem stealing, you know, from people because yeah. whatever just got me through at that time. Right. You know? What were the other kids thinking when you were finding money and taking it to the office? I have no idea. It was in my own head. You were, I mean, I you were just really, in your own. I was in you my were in your own world until about fourth grade when I got a friend. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got a friend in fourth grade. Uh huh. Um, I I really just felt alone, and um, and that that went on uh throughout my childhood, I guess, because I remember. I mean, I was kind of sick. I feel pretty good now, and I've said so many times in the past years like that, really, I am so lucky I'm not just crazy because when I was little, I had a fear that I would be cra- I was going to get crazy. Yeah. I would get crazy, and then I would die young. That was my thing. I was mm-hmm. so afraid of dying young and yeah. afraid of being crazy, and I didn't feel right in my head. Even though I appeared just quiet and shy, um, there was more. I knew there, there was, was more going so on. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't talk about it. You know. Did <laughs> did um so is there can can you make a connection now looking back on it to to that way that way you were then to the later problems with you know addictions and and right sort of well the way I was I needed a fix for it mm. you know yeah mm-hmm. I need a fix for that <laughs> <laughs> um. Because when you feel so, my brain would move really fast, and I was real compulsive mm. in my thinking. Um, I remember spending time in the classroom, like if I can hold my breath till the hand gets to the twelve, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what everything was, but just everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. Yeah, that could take a while. And you know, if you're holding your breath, that's right. not a good thing in class. <laughs> no. <laughs> I came home and did that, and I passed out. <laughs> and if you're holding your breath until everything gets fixed, it's not. It's, you might not make it. You might not. <laughs> that whole die young thing could yeah, very well. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. Um, but that was going. That that's how so compulsive that was you were. Going on young. That was the level. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, my parents they thought I they thought I was perfectly fine. I was so nice and polite and quiet. And I always played in my room. <laughs> my my mom still says to me, I don't know, I still don't get it. You just seemed so fine. And that's what I that's what I wanted. I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't feel good. So you um, were hiding how I was hiding yeah, yeah, hiding how you felt. Yeah. And then so you not only then needed a fix for how you felt, but yeah. then hiding how you felt makes it even more yeah. necessary to have a fix. Yeah. And then when you're that uh, afraid of people and stuff, then um, when I discovered alcohol, that was like a really good fix for that problem. Oh, yeah. No when, did, when did you discover that? Was that high school, uh, college? Fifteen. Fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Yep. How did you discover it? Oh, I remember that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the magic solution. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, my parents. When everything became okay. Yeah, my parents went out of town. My brother had beer. He was a year older. He had beer in the refrigerator. And my best friend and I sat down and went, let's see what this is all about. Everybody's talking about this. Let's just try one. Mm-hmm. So we split, well, no, let's split one. Mm-hmm. So we split one, split another, split, I think, three maybe. 
don't remember the rest of the night. Blackout, very first time out of the gate. And, but I didn't know it was a blackout. I'd be like, how come I can't remember? I mean, you remember. We had the same thing. I don't understand this. You'll have to finish telling me what happened last night. But whatever it was, I know it was fun. <laughs> and um, and then it just I mean it rapidly it started and it, no one ever none of my friends even though they all knew I drank or I had a worse effect I guess is what it was than they did and maybe I drank more I don't even know yeah but I fell asleep like in public bathrooms I mean in my own house like anywhere you know I call it fall asleep but I'm pretty sure it's passing out. Mm-hmm. In um, some circles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you're at yeah. the Pizza Hut or something, and yeah. you're a And you slump over into the pizza. Yeah, you're not sleeping. Probably yeah. not. Did they think, did they your friends care. think you were just kind of... They thought a, it was fun. Yeah, I had more friends then, see? And I was fun. Ah, uh, so yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was lucky, too. I knew a guy once who had his family buffaloed for years that he had a sleep disorder. Honest to God, because oh, he'd get man. drunk and he'd fall, you know, he'd, he'd lay on the... He'd, Go to sleep on the well, floor, you know. When I um, when I came into AA, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, a little over fifteen years ago, I was I was so positive that I probably didn't have a. I wasn't an alcoholic. I knew I had mm-hmm. a drinking problem. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I wasn't going to tell anyone I came. Yeah. Because I was pretty sure no one had ever really said much to me about it. You know, it was just me that was bothered by it. Everybody else thought it, even all through life. You're that was a great time. And um, when they, I came yeah. in, I was afraid to tell anybody yeah. that I was that I came to AA because they would be like, what for? That is, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You, <laughs> you don't have a problem. Right. Um, but the, when I finally told my husband after like a month of going to meetings, I told him I came and he goes, I thought he was going to be mad that I came. He's like, hmm. You never really did get that stopping part down. Uh, so, so it my was, fear was flat. <laughs> so he kind of he got it. He he kind of got it. Yeah, he got it. Well, you know, I mean, one of the one of the neat things about the the message that you've got is that a, a majority of the things that were happening to you and that had happened to you since since you were a kid happened in your in head. In my head, yeah. And yeah. that you know you can look. Yeah, they did. Fine, and people think you're fine, yeah. and you can be really, really Dizzy. not fine. Yes, unfine. Yeah. Well, I was. I started binging and purging in college, my freshman mm-hmm. year. Okay, I got married to him. We're still married. When I was 23, um, I decided I wanted to try to stop doing that because maybe it wasn't good for me. I wasn't positive, but maybe when I was 30, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I told him, mm-hmm. I mean, a long time after I was going into counseling and things for it, I told him about it. And he's like, what? You did what? I was like, you've been living with me for 12 years. How do you not know this? I'm like, it's, and he really I'm like, did, he right, didn't know that you were purging? He did not know. Mm-mm. And just for, for people And who, he was shocked, yeah. Really? And, and he didn't know I had a problem with my... With eating and with, with, with uh, the thinking related thinking. to that? Mm-mm. Well, and because uh, you were apparently pretty good at keeping it to yourself. Was, yeah. And is it a shameful thing? Is that why you keep it to yourself, or is it? Well, yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would have been ashamed if I would have been like caught in the act because it would have been hard to explain. And you know, um, when 
well, it's just a gross topic. Like throwing up, it's disgusting. Sure. Um, you think of it like when you have the stomach flu. Right. Nobody wants to do that. That is so awful. Right. And, I, and I hate to say it, but binging and purging is a whole different thing. It's nothing like. I mean, I hate the stomach flu too. I can't. I wish. But I that's could die. not a good not, way to understand the not process. Not at all. So, I mean, even though it's a gross topic, it's this is a really gross group. So let's go with good. it. Good. Right. You know, so explain it. Explain if you can how that works. How does how does you know binging and purging okay, work? Okay. So, um, it's for me the way it was. Um, and I, you know, I can't call myself cured. I haven't done it in years, but mm-hmm. I, I have the desire every once in a while, I suppose just like the 15 years of sobriety, the flash of like a drink. A drink you know, would taste flash, pretty darn but, good or this or that. But then it goes away. I have that same memory, you mm-hmm. know, of it like, boy, if I could just eat some more ice cream mm-hmm. and see what would happen is stress, stress, stress in my head. And then I have to have relief. Mm-hmm. And so... When I was trying not to drink, I would eat. Uh, See, so you can't just drink, you can't go to work drunk, but you could eat. Sure. So if you eat something like ice cream, you can throw it up really easily. And so you get all the stress relief within the eating it. And then there's too much guilt because now you're going to get fat. You know, now you right. just ate like literally a quart of ice cream. I mean, this may sound stupid, but why is ice cream easy? Because of its liquid, know, it's fluffy. liquid, fluffy, liquid it. nature, yeah, it just comes like back up. Bagels and cream cheese don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Yeah, point, the locks. Yeah, that, the, no, that, okay. That was a, that you were consciously thinking that, like, oh well, yeah, I, okay. I, if I have ice cream, that's okay because yeah, you know, yeah, uh-huh. it was it was, uh-huh. it was a lot of strategic planning yeah. and hiding mm. and trying to be really quiet. And people then do people have like binge food things that they oh they do their specialties yeah, yeah. and you, when we, what, whatever it is has to be topped off with ice cream. <laughs> 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 That's so terrible. <laughs> it is. Sorry. So that's okay. I mean. But be- so I'm going to feel really bad the next time I go to, like, an ice cream store. And <laughs> They're going to be like, she's not, she's not better. Yeah. And we're anonymous. Don't worry. Good, it's good. Not, oh, yeah, no one knows. Yeah, Thank no you. one knows. No one knows. And, <laughs> and it's not video. It's audio. See, so they don't know who you are. I, they don't know how red I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the way it works, though, is that yeah. you... Um, so you can over. You started to overeat as a. I would start way to control the drinking, or or as yeah, a, a as a alternative to control the stress. As a way to control the stress. Really, the stress yeah. that I had. Okay. It was just really an anxiety. I had terrible anxiety about nothing. I mean, it was weird. I had anxiety about like I could be doing fun things. Like I had a um, stained glass class I was taking, and I was delivering uh, like senior meals and mm-hmm. doing some volunteer different things, okay? Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think about, like, tomorrow I have to do these four things, and I'd be, like, overwhelmed. And, you know, and plus I had two kids, which is not a lot of kids, but it was a lot for me. Right. Um, and I think I was a good mom, but I, I had to keep everything balanced with my own stress relief is what it seemed like. So I could be really good, but then... I I couldn't I couldn't do it without like alcohol or or the food. I couldn't do it without those two. So here's a question that you know that comes up for me when I when I hear you know I hear that 
when when it becomes difficult to function mm-hmm. without, it's like does the compulsion the 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 mental part of that take up the space that you would have used to function? Possible that it did. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times people get yeah. it. You know, you get it backwards when you're using. You feel like you're you're overwhelmed so easy. Right. When in fact, you know, like you feel like you got six kids and you only got two. Right. You know right. what I mean? And and so why are you so overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. I just wonder about that. I don't I know. Too. I don't. I don't. Right now, sitting here, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know which came first. Yeah. Whether you were just naturally overwhelmed and needed the well, you're functioning now, aren't you? Right, right, right. I'm functioning pretty well. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> so maybe. Well, we'll get. I mean, we'll talk more about the recovery part, like when we get when we get to that. So okay. I guess maybe that there's some answers there. But I just was wondering about mm-hmm. that. I think part of it, maybe, is um, like possibly uh, like a mental, physical. You know, like a. Not just something in my head. Like I, there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a a physical, mental problem. I don't know what kind. And would more than just an addictions problem, or did that was that did that solve the problem for you? I mean, did that begin? Was hmm. that the solution? Good question. No. Well, when I, okay, I don't want to. Well, I do. When I went to, um, when I thought when I was well past what I thought was like successful, non bulimic, <laughs> yeah. um, and I was still going to counseling, and all these people, it was an eating disorders counseling group. And okay, so I must have, I must have been struggling. I'm thinking I was over it, but I must not have, but I wouldn't have been in that group. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I thought I was over it then. Shoot. All right. And it was just maybe to help others. I don't I don't not sure now. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. So long ago. Yeah. So um all right, so now I must have had something, but I must have been thinking I had it under control. Yeah. I think that was it. Um and they kept trying to talk me into going to uh treatment for bulimia. I'm like, mm. I don't even throw up anymore. It's been like two years. You know. Which is not a long time in the scope of life with a, a problem like that. But right. um, everyone else was going, and they were all coming back and reporting how much better they felt. Mm. So finally, um, it took me about eight months, I think, to get talked into going. And I did go to a six-week outpatient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went there, they did a, a psychological, you know, with a mm-hmm. psychiatrist or whoever can give mm-hmm. medicine. And they said, you know, you have an anxiety disorder, and mm-hmm. they put me on Zola. Mm-hmm. So that's what's making me think, because I'm still on it, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy to be on it mm-hmm. um, that much, but I'm a little concerned um, that maybe it's not good for me after this many years. I don't know if I need it, but I'm not going to just go off of it. But um, it did, I remember when I got that after maybe a month, I remember thinking, Wow, things that used to overwhelm me don't overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. So I think partly it was maybe you know had. So there were some anxiety issues associated with all this. Alongside it, because sure. uh, I remember my son was graduating only from like eighth grade, um, but there was like seven things going on. <laughs> I said to my husband, "Okay, this weekend we have this, 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 this. Doesn't bother me a bit." 
Mm. And I'm like, wow, this is great. <laughs> and um, I was explaining to someone, they're like, I was trying to get a sponsor. And this one girl wouldn't sponsor me. She said, I can't sponsor anyone who takes medication. Mm. And I'm like, but it's not, it's not it's it's like taking aspirin for a headache. It's not, you know, it's not, right. not on some loopy thing. But anyways, right. um, I, that's what makes me think that mm-hmm. since that took my anxiety away, and I had already been in AA for um, like a year, a little over a year at mm-hmm. that time. Um, that I think it was partly a physical. so some combination of those things for what that what, what but helped I was you. wacky from a little kid. I mean, no no doubt about that. I think that was just my thinking. Right. Because when I think back on it now, I think like I used to feel like a huge victim. Like yeah. Everybody picked on me, huh. but. I was thinking, I was kind of a weird kid. Like, I don't really blame... They couldn't figure me out. They weren't picking on me. They just... They didn't know what to do with me. Like, you're so quiet. And when we pick on you, you you don't say anything. Like, that was what I was taught. Like, just ignore them. That yeah. doesn't work well. Yeah. So you yeah. were just like... I was just like... No one <laughs> can see me, but you guys. But, yeah. you know, I was just a closed book. Okay. And... uh yeah. And then when I went to college, it all changed. And then this, yeah. And then so some of this is a is a result of the way you function. Now I'm going to ask you one one yeah. one other thing, and then I think we'll take a we'll take a short break. But is is the eating disorder thing associated more with women than men? From what you I know, mean, or just from my experience, it is. Um, just from people I've met who have it. You know, I, I used to go to. Um, 12 subgroups mm-hmm. with eating disorders, and mm-hmm. you know, 99% women were okay. in the groups. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, like for me, I had a, I put a lot of pressure on myself not to gain weight. Mm-hmm. That was my, that was my main thing. Like it was bad to gain weight if you were a girl, and it did not matter if you were a boy or a man or a lady. Whatever. Yeah, it was more important. Yeah. Like if you're a, a girl woman and you're to be... overweight, there's something wrong with you. And if you're a man, you're just husky. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Big. Yeah. yeah. A big guy. Okay. A big guy. Yeah. If someone said to me, which I have had this said many times, well, you're a big girl. I used to want to just die. And people said it to me because I'm tall. Yeah. And even when I was thin, they'd be like, well, you're a big girl. I'm like, oh. Yeah, as if to say, you can really carry it. You can carry that weight or something. You know, whatever. I don't know what they meant by it, but it's not a good thing to say to girls. (laughs) Right. So there's no focus on on appearance maybe for for women. Yes. Well, and just everything was... um, I remember reading Cheryl Teague's book when I was in college. Like, her struggle against weight gain. You know, she had this probably like three month thing where she went on a diet. And yeah. and I was thinking that's that's how I gotta be. I gotta be like her because you know, I don't know, I just wanted to be like that. I didn't wanna have something wrong with me that people could see. That was what it was. Sure. When something's mm. wrong with you and you and you know people can see it. Yeah. Before everything else wrong with me was in my head. But now, and now it's out there. Yeah, and that horrified me. Yeah, it really scared me. Okay, well, I think we'll we'll stop there. Good place to stop, and we'll 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 pick up. You know, maybe talking a little bit about what what turned the tide and the recovery and what that's been like. And I have a few other few other 
choice questions for you okay. that we want to get to. Okay. So uh, yeah, we'll stop here, and I think we have uh, we have some live music tonight. You want to do the intro, Chris? What do we got? What what uh, what's happening? Well, if you, you you can you can introduce yourself if you want. Okay, well let us know let, let us know what you're gonna do. Here. Yeah, this is Mike P. Who's Mike. gonna play? What are you gonna play, Mike? Mikey. I'm Mike, and I'm gonna play Red Cloud. It's an unlimited. Good. Nice. We'd like to hear it. So we'll 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 let you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Fire it up. Okay. Yes, we are. We're back up. Boy, you've really, you've really improved. You, you've gotten pretty darn good on that. Nice. That thing. Yeah, that was good. I appreciate that. Red what? Red blouse. Red blouse by Tony Remler. Yeah. Thanks. That was a nice song. Very nice. Anyway, thank thanks, you very much. Thanks yeah. to Mike P. Um, and uh, so back to our. Uh, Back to our interrogation. Well, okay, so we were talking about this a little bit before we went on the air about bulimia. You know, and I and my question was, when did you know you were bulimic? Right. And you, yeah. So tell me what you said. I was like, I didn't ever really. It's not like I got formally diagnosed. I just knew, like it just happened to me. It's what it felt like. like mm-hmm. um, and I think 
it took me so long because, like I said, I started at college, and I only remember it because it started, it really had more to do with drinking to start with mm. because, see, if you go throw up after you had a night of drinking, you're not going to be as hungover. And uh, okay. uh, that was my thought yeah. process. I okay. heard one person say that once, and I just, like, latched onto it. Mm -hmm. It was like my every night thing after that. Drinking, okay, I don't want the hangover. So I'll, it didn't really work. So I'll throw up and then I won't. Yeah, yeah. and I won't feel bad. Yeah, but, but it, it didn't work because um, it doesn't matter. I always had a hangover. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it started. That's how it and started. I, I wonder if that's, if, if that's common or if, if it, I would, I would have guessed that it would have started the other way, that it would have right. started with the idea that you needed to be, no, uh, watch your weight, you know. Right. Well, no, because what happened after was well, in a panic mode already about that because oh. um, I went to college, I gained ten pounds, um, which, hello, that's normal, but I didn't know that was normal. Right. And I was very worried. It was like all of a sudden that seemed out of control. Did do you think other people knew that that was normal? And if that's the case, why didn't you why didn't you know that it was normal? Yeah. I didn't. No one told me. <laughs> I don't know. It just. I mean, what are they? There's a name for it now, like the freshman, freshman 15. 15. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, like the freshman 15. No, no one talked about that. I came back and and actually, my mom was like, "Wow, you gained a little weight." I mean, I was in Weight Watchers my sophomore year of college. Really. Um, and I was hardly overweight. It must have been funny. Um, <laughs> because, but I it was. Okay, here's how I know my weight so perfectly. This is why I know I'm still sick. Mm -hmm. Like when I when I got my physical to go into college, I weighed 118. Yeah. And the nurse the nurse said, and I remember this. Wow, same as Miss America. And I remember that I'm 52. So, right. Um, that's a problem right there. Right. So uh, when I went to Weight Watchers, I weighed 140. Well, from 118 to 140, like. And from my junior in college or whatever to sophomore year, I mean junior high school, sophomore college, oh my God, you're, something's going wrong. There's a big problem here, and you better get a handle on it. Right. Although looking back, I still was perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate you were still it, within I, your in the normal range, but I, you didn't know it. I did not know it. Yeah. So, um, so what were you talking about? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. Because, you know, the, what I was what I was thinking is that this is part. This is how the disease works. This is how the thinking works. It's not right. It's, it's like you're, um, you don't know what normal is. Right. And yeah. so you, you have to do you have to do things. You and think, I don't talk about it to anyone either. That's another right. Key. You're drawing then, these conclusions. No one talks about it. Right. Yeah. And I draw conclusions in my head. But no one says you don't need to do it. Like I joined Weight Watchers. Okay, fine. Well, since no one says you don't need to do that, I know. You I just stopped. assume. I assume uh -huh. that means I have a problem. Right, sure. You know, I, so my junior year of college, okay, so sophomore year I joined Weight Watchers, right? Junior year I decide I need a geographical change uh -huh. because this is going to make it better. There's too much pressure. I was in a sorority, too much pressure here. Plus, there was only like a couple bathrooms. <laughs> really hard to make my plan work. <laughs> no privacy. Right. Um, 
And so I went to. Are you puking at this time? Oh yeah. Oh okay, the that's the plan. That's so true. that's that the plan the that's going to have a. Because after freshman year, what happened was you find out that you I could do it with alcohol. I was like, well, it doesn't work with that, but maybe I could have some really good dessert, which I would never, you know, need or want to let myself have. Is kind of how I thought about it. You, you don't need that. You can't let yourself. Then you could just throw up, and then you can have it. Oh, my God, this is great. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, but your head said it was okay. Well, my head then told me any time I, I thought I overate anything, it, it, see, it progressed. Then it was like, oh. then that mechanism is there, and then it's like, well, oh, I ate too much dinner. Oh, oh, this is not good. I'm going to gain weight. I, I better go. This yeah. is easy now. Better now lose it's it. easy when we just go get rid of that. So, so that I don't have to feel guilty. Right. And are you at this time drinking less and, and I'm drinking a lot on weekends. A lot on weekends? Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm getting through college and I'm starting the weekend on Thursday and finishing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am like seriously studying. <laughs> 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 All right. Well you made it. You got it. I, you know. I got the degree. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So what? So we we I, we ended up, we started talking about when you knew you were bulimic, oh. and the whole thing was like you uh, never really did. I didn't really know. You had never yeah. had a name for it. No, well, no name. I thought I was really the only one like this. Lo- looking back, yeah. uh, you think you still think that's true? Oh God, no, no. <laughs> you think you were the only girl sneaking to the bathroom and puking? Even back no. then, maybe not. But seriously, I think about that now. I think, geez, I didn't suspect anyone else. You right. know? I'm thinking back to the people I knew. I don't think it was just me. I mean, probably not, but that's. I mean, <laughs> but now I mean, sorority houses—they mm-hmm. have like a, a name for the bathroom. That's like several. They're all real open about it now, which is kind of terrible because it almost seems accepted. And they have a name for the bathroom. I forgot the name, but oh. my sister told me she's like, "That's the whatever, you know. That's the the one that they use." Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe they call it the bulimic bathroom. They might. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you never, did you ever, that, that term, did that never. term ever, ever, even in later on in your in your treatment and, and recovery, that that wasn't something that was part of it in terms of no, the, well, the use of the term? No, well, it was, uh, here's the thing. I was, I thought I was bulimic when I was throwing up. Right. And when I quit, I wasn't bulimic. And that's not true. It's kind of like an alcoholic who stops drinking. Yeah. And who's no, no they're right. no longer an alcoholic, right? Right. Yeah. See, like I quit, and I remember um, the house I was living in when I, I, I quit out of like sheer will. Like I would say to myself, you either have to throw up every day for the rest of your life till you die, or you can't do it. And, and I'd want to throw up every day, but I'd be like, okay, it's every day, or or you just can't. Right. And uh, and I was going to therapy and stuff, but. Um, it was difficult. So when I finally had a, a stretch of time in there, like my head, my thinking wasn't straight at all, but the action had stopped. I'm like, I'm not bulimic anymore. That's good. Got that over with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got then that I, behind then us. Then I moved on to AA, see? So uh-huh. then I thought, all I have to handle is the alcohol now. This is good. <laughs> so when I was in AA for like a year and they said I should go to treatment, to treatment I'm like, What? <laughs> My thinking? So my th- it's thinking? Yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. But, you know. Did you get did that 
um, did that resolve after treatment? I mean, did you figure that one out? Oh yeah, I did. And so what got what good. got straightened out in, in <laughs> what got straightened out in treatment as far as your thinking is concerned? Well, back let's on see. It. Well, first of all, one of the I got a lot of little little gifts out of that treatment, and um, one of them was I had. I don't think this has to do with anything, but I'll just say it. I, if yeah. I'm off task. Well, That's I'm okay. Let it rip. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I had this need to know I was right. Because mm-hmm. I had felt wronged all the time. Uh-huh. I always felt misunderstood. <laughs> Sounds silly now. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was going through this therapy, and I'm, I kept trying to, like, pr- prove to them that I was good. I'm good. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not throwing up anymore. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do here. <laughs> and uh, and plus my uh, plus my AA sponsor is going out of the country and tomorrow, and she didn't even tell me till today. Now isn't that wrong? And they're like, there's there's no right or wrong. I'm like, no. Let me explain to you like why it's wrong. And um. So you needed to be wrong. You needed to yeah. be on be in the wronged category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I was explaining like all the things that led up to her knowing she was going, but not telling me, and on and on. And then all of a sudden, uh, he was like, I, "You can't discuss this anymore because it doesn't matter." And I'm like, "I don't get that. I just don't get it." And um, I got stuck, We, you know, rest of the day, more sessions. I got stuck in traffic on the way home uh, on uh, 294. And I'm stuck in traffic. And, like, that's just going through my mind. I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's in my head. I was like, it doesn't, they don't have to know. They don't have to think I'm right. I mean, I know what I know. And and it hurt my feelings, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a big thing. Yeah. Was a, I mean, it sounds like a little thing to me, but no, it's, it's a big thing. Well, to me, what it sounds like is what it's like when the lights start going on in recovery. They 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 don't all come on at once. They, the little ones start coming on first. Right. But then that leads to a, yeah. a whole lot of lights. You yeah, know what like I mean? That feeling of I got I get that. Well, what when you first start really on? like looking. At you, and right. you go, oh, oh darn, oh, that me. was just, that was my, oh, yeah. yeah, that was my goofiness. Yeah, that uh. happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I call that recovery. I don't it know what good. you call it. Well, I, mean, I was doing the fourth step, and um, my husband was like, I don't understand. I was using a workbook, writing down yeah. all my resentments, and uh, he's like, I don't, I don't get this. And so I said, uh, well. It's like I am mad at everybody in the whole world. Like even my neighbor for something she did that has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm mad at everybody. I feel like everything that happens to everybody, it happened to me because they were my friend or my neighbor or my whatever. So I'm feeling all this on me. And so i got to put it all down, and then I'm going to figure out, like, what my part is in it. And he goes, oh, like, make it all your fault? I'm like, no. (laughs) No. But I didn't know I had a part in any of it. Like, all my resentments and all my victimness. Uh, and you didn't even know you were a victim. No. But I thought all this stuff happened to me. And it didn't happen to me. I was part. Of, I didn't think I was a part of it. I didn't think I had any 
part in it. So you were just looking for your your piece of the your I, piece of the I pie. I found my piece. Yeah, my not, pieces. Yeah, your pieces. In recovery, I found my pieces, and yeah. my pieces gave <laughs> gave me peace. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, they did because yeah. Yeah. then I'm all done blaming everyone else, yeah. and that was a huge that was a huge gift. So I have a I have a maybe maybe this is a hard one I don't know. It might be. But how do you yeah it could be we'll see how do you feel about how do you feel about yourself, your body, and oh, yeah. your, now, today? Okay. How, and, and, and how did you get to that place, okay. you know, a little bit? So um, I've had to work at it <laughs> over the years because mm-hmm. uh, since, since I'm not binging and purging, mm-hmm. I'm not drinking, I don't smoke, I feel like um, I try to keep my spiritual connection up, but I still overeat. Mm-hmm. And so I'm overweight. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I try, try, I do this. Um, I have come to just accept myself mm-hmm. for how I am. Now, sometimes um, I still am emotional eater. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's something I need to work on still. But somehow there's two things to this. Okay. One is I, I still like myself okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like myself more now than I ever did. Mm-hmm when I weighed 80 pounds less, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I accept myself now. I don't think something happened to me. That's Wait, that's, I got I to gotta have okay. you say that, say that one okay. more time. You like yourself more, way more. now, way more way now more. than you did when you weighed 80 pounds less. I hated myself when I, when, yeah, back in the day when right. I was struggling against this, when right. I thought that weight was the only thing that mattered. Um, all I could see was that the pressure of trying to keep weight off was enormous. And someone asked me way back then, when I was 80 pounds less than I am now, mm-hmm. and I was felt huge and horrible, she said, I don't really get it. If you died today, if you're fat or you're thin, what does it matter if you died today? And, like, I knew she thought it was a serious question or, like, something, you know, what does right. it really matter? I'm like, that casket is going to be heavy. I am not going to be laying in there being this big blimp. You know? Like, I was, I thought it was a serious problem. But now I think, like, there's, it's not. I'm sorry that I thought it was the most important thing because it's not who I am. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I. I How did you get to that? I don't know, just, I don't know, it's some kind of miracle, honestly. <laughs> okay. I, honestly, I mean, okay. I'd say somehow it has to, because really to put my finger on it, it has to do with um, acceptance mm-hmm. from, from um, acceptance, like of myself, it probably didn't come from me first, it probably came from me sharing things and feeling accepted from other people and from... And where'd you get that? I got that in AA and uh, 12-step programs and therapy. Okay. But a lot. A lot of it. A lot of it I got in AA because that's the one thing I've done consistently every week, many times a week for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And there was like a spillover effect of everything in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it was, I had all this fear in my head, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Fear that if I said 
what I thought, people would know I was there was something wrong. Right. And they would not. Not only would they not like me, they they would would, think you were crazy, or they would think I there. I don't think they would think I was crazy because I would hide that much. (laughs) They would definitely think I was weird. So uh, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. Uh, So when I came into, really, when I came into 12-step programs and um, talked at meetings and said things that I didn't think were funny at all, and people chuckled, and then I gave them the look like, you're killing me, you're laughing at me, and they're like, oh, God, we're not laughing at you, we're laughing with you, we know what you're talking about. I just Hmm. couldn't believe it. Like, I could not believe the things that I had locked up in my head for so long other people felt. Do you have an example of something that they that, that was locked up that you wouldn't have shared when you finally shared that people laughed? Hmm. Well, right now I don't, but it might come to me in a second because okay. I'll tell you this other thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> we were at this women's group, the first women's Hold group that I thought. ever yeah, went to. Okay, yeah. and um, two things. What, uh, one of them was <clears throat> the counselor, Mo, my very dear friends, now, said, uh, take the person next to you and tell them a secret. And I was about 30. Mm-hmm. No secrets. I didn't think I had any secrets. Like, I seriously was racking my brain because I want to be a good student. And I'm in this class. And, like, I got this girl, and I'm like, and everybody's breaking up, and she tells me whatever it is. I don't remember. And uh, I'm like, hey, it's so weird, but I don't have any. Like, okay, now I'm throwing up. My husband doesn't know it. Um, I drink too much. I have a list like this long once I got into my uh, steps. And, but I seriously don't think I have any. No, I can't think of any. No, I would tell you if I had one, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> it just wasn't um, there. Yeah. yeah, just not there. So it was so far hidden for me because I really yeah. was trying. It was, yeah. It took a long time to get that out. And another uh, very strange but unbelievably good therapy for me was everyone in this group got sent out to do different things. And mine was to go to the mall and go to a bookstore and just look and don't buy anything. Just look for a certain number of minutes. And I didn't expect this at all, but I'm looking in there and I'm starting to feel, I'm just walking around and I'm starting to feel so paranoid. And I'm like, oh, my God, they think I'm going to steal from them. Oh, my God. They think I'm I'm not. I'm, like, going to hold my hands over here. I'm, I'm not. I'm. <laughs> and, like, I had forgotten, yes, that that's something that I did, like, in my early 20s. Like, totally not in my mind. I just became like, oh, God, why would they? I, here's me. Why would they think that? Why would they think I'm going to steal? You forgot that you had I forgot. shoplifted. Yeah, mm-hmm. shoplifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forgot. Not in my not in my recent memory bank at right. all. So, so things ki- things they like really that. Kicked in. Yeah, <laughs> things like that came back. And then you could share stuff like that in, I share in your 12 time meeting. I could share it. Like, sure. no big deal. I right. mean, for a long time, though, I'd be like, oh, this is a terrible thing. I don't know if I can. I'll tell my sponsor, but I'm not telling anybody else. Yeah. Right. It all started real small like that. Don't yeah. want everybody to know. Yeah. yeah, God. Yeah, we don't want to go. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to go whole hog. Because on I don't want show. everybody to be looking at me like, loser. Mm. Well, because first of all, when I and, came in. And they didn't, did they? No, they didn't. Mm. When they came in, I thought everybody who was in AA, they weren't going to be like me. Mm. I didn't, I just came as a last resort. 
really, because. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, because I just couldn't, I was binge drinker, you know, and I couldn't stop the binging. Right. So hmm. I had one night where my son woke up sick, and I had had too much to drink at home with my husband, and uh, I didn't wake up. And I always woke up, hmm. you know, no matter what. My husband did not wake up usually. I, I slept like uh, like eggshells, like anything the kids needed, I was there. Well, I didn't wake up. Not at all. Hmm. He was thrown up sick. Mm-hmm. And the next day my husband was like, wow, you were really out last night. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember going to bed. <laughs> Just fell asleep. Yeah. yeah, I think I fell asleep on the couch. And um, so that was, he, and he told me about our son being sick. And this dread came over me because I had remembered the night before uh, making these. They were supposed to be fun little cocktails. And But what happened to me is the same thing with eating, with drinking. Eating, like you think you're just going to have an ice cream cone. But then like, okay, then, like, oh, then that was really good. So I'm going to go through the drive-thru and I'll get a shake. And then I'm going to the jewel, and I'll just buy a half gallon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one so, leads to another. You yeah. rang the bell. Yeah, and then, yeah, and drinking the same. And my my only memory of that night was early in the evening, and when I poured a drink that was supposed to be like you know, like a lot of fruit juice and a little bit of whatever, that I went like poured the on a rum whatever it was, drank a whole glass of it because mm-hmm. that was good, mm-hmm. and then just made another one that looked normal. Didn't tell anybody I did that, so he didn't know. Like, why were you? Why you couldn't get you to bed last night? So that was my last. That was the last drink. That was the last time. That was Mm. well. Actually, I had one more after that because Mm -hmm. we were entertaining on New Year's Eve that Mm. night before, and you know I had to at that time like what's New Year's Eve without a margarita? Well, yeah. But you know, just the one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Freak but it was the sh- uh, It sounds like it was the shame about not being capable of taking care of your son. That, it was. You know, what got and you? And it was. It was shame, and it was fear. Yeah. Like that. Okay, the fear was. I never did know when that kind of thing would happen, right. and that could happen. Any. It could happen anytime. I had been away from home right. when it happened, and that was. But I didn't want to call because. <clears throat> Um, my vision of what an alcoholic was was so much lower than where I thought I was at that I really thought like I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but you know I can't I can't do this by myself, so I'll just try it. Right. And um, so consequently, it took me like a month to say I was an alcoholic at a meeting because I'm like I don't know, you know I drink hmm. too much a little bit, but. Um, so it's like your the, we'll see, your yeah. history kind of had to catch up to you a little bit yes. to really make, start making sense. Yes. And did it help to hear other people's stories in that time so that you could well, it helped, see yourself? It helped later when they yeah. kept chuckling at my stories. Yeah. And then they told me that they understood those stories. Right. Yeah, because some of their stories were like, that was a good excuse for me to say, nope, not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a lot, people that were a there lot was, worse. There's so many different kinds. Sure. And at the very beginning even, I used to think like, well, I'm just like a sort of an alcoholic. Like I'm a, you know. Kind of a recreational I my, alcoholic. I had myself yeah. like on a higher level. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then. That's and, another one of those it doesn't matter things, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, then I remember hearing someone like five years ago saying, the same thing that I think I used to think in the beginning, like, 
well, I'm not like those people. And then I was like, you know, I used to think that. It's so funny that you say that because now I, I know we're all exactly alike. Yeah. Like that, because those little details don't matter. There's so many core things. That makes that, sense. That makes sense. So let me ask you this, and then we're probably getting pretty close to the time that we need to close here. But I, I'd like to close with this with this question with most people that come on the show, and that is, what if you had a, a, a new person, a newcomer that had problems similar to yours, that had struggled with the eating and struggled with the drinking, and they were s- somehow tied together? Right. What kind of stuff? What, what would you What would you tell them? What would you say to to a newcomer, a person who came to you and asked Gosh, you for your help or your I advice? Can, I can picture people like that mm-hmm. because I can picture people that I've met like that, and I. The only thing I think I could say, I could tell them are kind of things that I have said tonight about my experience, Mm -hmm. because I know that, like, looking back, gosh, I wish I would have gotten it earlier. I wish I didn't have to go through all that. I wish I knew that it was okay. I wish I knew it was okay to feel the way I felt. I wish I knew, I wish I felt Different, you know. I wish I had permission to feel differently, or I gave myself permission at a younger age. Mm. But um, I, I would just tell them. Honestly, I would just tell them to keep coming back. Right. Like if if I met them at a meeting, that is, I the only way I got it was by like soaking stuff in. I don't think there's anything I can say to one person. Um, if someone could have talked me out of it, I mean. Nobody really tried, but mm-hmm. if someone could have, I would, I'm very rebellious. I wouldn't have listened. And I think I'm, I think I'm right all the time. Right. So I always did. I mean, I'm better now, but people know. They're like, oh, geez. Don't try to tell her. Yeah, That's funny. So, yeah. like, you're going to, like, probably not give a lot of advice. Just let it soak in. Let Just it soak in. Be gentle. Like, Keep coming back. Let it soak in. I am glad you asked me these questions because I haven't thought of them in a long time. Yeah. And the things about myself and my eating disorder especially, um, it was caused so much pain to me, like mental anguish and pain and stuff. And um, and I just think it's so amazing and unbelievable. And like I say, it's just some kind of miracle that I am not... Um, shackled with that right now you know I just know that what people have said to me is like you know your worth is not what you look like that's not that's not where your worth comes from but I remember I was like yeah but I don't have any people talk about gifts I don't have any gifts you know I don't have any talents I don't have I always felt empty Mm. and so I had to have something so Mm -hmm. I chose my looks Mm -hmm. and it's what I chose and I tried to and then when I couldn't control it the way I wanted to, that led to the spiral. But Do you um, know you have gifts today? Now I do. <laughs> and I never thought I would. <laughs> How about that? You yeah. know, we have, a, we have a question from the audience, and I think okay. that, that it relates right, right to what you're talking, to, uh, talking about. But uh, since you, your experiences in college um, with, with uh, body image, what would you say to uh, a current or incoming college student that might be going through the same thing, you know, somebody at that, at that right. stage? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the biggest thing is when, when you go to college, I mean, you have so many freedoms that you never had. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what I, the, the things I took as freedoms, I, everything I took as a freedom, I, I like overdid it. Mm. I overdid everything. Sure. Um, <laughs> don't sleep, eat too much, drink too much, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I, and it was because I felt some, um, what's the word, like entitlement, like, I had never got to do these really fun things before, so I'm doing them now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't have to do that. <laughs> that that wasn't. Um, I was like showing my, you know, at the time myself, my little yeah. self was showing the world that I'm gonna just do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was like the rebellious part. So probably I couldn't get rid of that. Um, but the thing is, the thing I would say, though, and I, I've tried to actually tell my son this because um, my, our youngest son is real thin, and he's very conscious of his weight. And I try mm. to tell him, like, you are a great person, and it doesn't matter. It Like, look at me. I am happy. And he said to me once after I I had gained weight, after I went to treatment, I lost weight because mm-hmm. I was on a structured plan, and I gained the weight. And he said to me, Mom, you know, I saw that picture from when you were skinny, and you're a lot fatter now. <laughs> like, she was only, like, 12. And I said, yeah, but I'm still nice. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm like, like, that was my comeback. Like, uh-huh. I'm still nice. And that's a good message. And, and that was, you know what, that's more important, to focus on who you are, not what I you am, look like. or who I am, how I feel. And sharing my feelings. That mm-hmm. was a big one. Not hiding. But don't keep everything in. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. and don't think you're the, I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, there's thousands, millions mm-hmm. probably, but okay. that was a big one. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That was a good question. Thank you. So I want to thank you for coming tonight. Oh, Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time time does fly, and so so thanks to you for coming tonight. Thanks for our studio audience and Mike P for for uh, red blouse. Yeah, that was that was great. Mike's going off to college, so we're not going to have him for a while. But when you come back, you'll play again yes. when you're back on vacation. All right. Gained fifteen pounds. That's right. That's right because he's going to college. And uh, thanks to our listeners out there who who uh, either tuned in tonight and heard us live, or will tune in uh, sometime uh, in the course of the week and hear us in an archived fashion on our website, which is recoveryinternetradio.com. So we'll email out our reminders for next week's show. Um, and what's really nice is that um, I email out probably 160, 170. Yeah, a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, reminders every week. So if you want to be on the email reminder list, go to the website and, and uh, you can sign up there. Um, but what's nice is people must be passing the uh, link along because a lot more than 150 people listen to it every week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's out there, and we encourage everybody who does get uh, a reminder to pass it along to anybody who they think might be, you know, somebody who would want to listen to our uh our little Sunday night deal. Absolutely. Or any of the ones in the past. We've got or any of the ones 71 the shows to pick from. So there's got a lot, plenty of topics we got a out lot there. Of, we got yeah. a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so check check, uh, check Recovery Internet Radio for all of our shows. And uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know where you are. So, as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor. 
and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show tonight, and we'll see you at 8 p.m. next Sunday night.